Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Per the norm, Pastor J.D. closes this prophecy update with the ABCs of the gospel. This simple presentation of the gospel is being used by thousands to lead people to Christ. Perhaps you are listening and you haven't made that decision yet. Today's the day. Stay with us. Keep listening. There's an appointment for you to meet Jesus today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on December 20th, 2018. One of the scenarios that I have kind of held on to is that the explanation for the absence of the United States of America in Bible prophecy is the rapture of the church. And I'm still holding on to that, and I'm sure some of you are as well. But what if that is not the explanation for the absence of the United States of America? In other words, something has to happen to the once most powerful nation on earth in order to explain why it is that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. Certainly America is not present in any shape or form to defend Israel when the Ezekiel 38 prophecy is uh, fulfilled and the invasion takes place. Dare I say that it seems the plausible scenario that we talked about on Sunday has inched even closer in just four days. Now, this goes back to this word suddenly, how swiftly everything will happen once all of this starts to go down. I really see it as all the players lining up exactly as we're told they would. And you add to that the swiftness with which everything is taking place. Now, they're talking about having uh, the troops withdrawn from Syria within weeks. That's pretty sudden. That's pretty sudden. Now, this also kind of butts up against this deadline, this timeline of sorts, with President Trump unveiling via Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, this peace plan. And we keep hearing that in this peace plan, there's going to be parts in it that nobody's going to like, but there will be enough in it that will make enough sense for people to accept it and move forward. So in any kind of negotiating, in any kind of deal, and certainly with what has been dubbed the ultimate deal or the deal of the century, there's always give and take. 
So is this shrewd on the part of the president to kind of do this as a give because now he's going to want the take in this give and take? We'll see. I think we'll find out in short order. Now, again, I I want to carefully say this and even preface this, but when I think about 1 Thessalonians 5.3, where Paul says that while they are saying peace and security, sudden, keyword, sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. When I think about what Jesus said in Revelation two times, uh, once in, in chapter 20 about that he will come quickly. And that word that he uses for quickly is tacos in the Greek, which is where we get our English word for tachometer, a measurement of revolutions per minute. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, I'm going to come at a time when things are revved up. Things are happening very quickly. And I'll even take that metaphor further and say, we're, we're redlining now. <laughs> What is it, about 6,000 RPMs when you redline, and that's when you have the potential to, you know, blow up your engine? Well, again, using that metaphor, I, I think we're redlining, and the potential is there for all of this to just blow up and go down. It really is, and I find myself saying this, almost every week now, it's really just a matter of time. And if you think about it, we've talked about this as well, and I'll, I'll uh, try to bring it in for a landing here. Think about this with me. Can you imagine a scenario in which there's this, and I'll use the word sudden, there's this sudden pause. There's this sudden, okay, wait, Okay, not yet. Okay, let's just slow down. I can't. I mean, this is what I mean when I say unstoppable momentum. There's there's so much momentum. Things are moving so fast. I don't see a scenario in which they could slow down, let alone stop. Let me let me maybe explain what I'm thinking just a little a little bit more. Can you imagine the headlines tomorrow on our news feed where Putin announces that, hey, we're just going to, you know what, we're going to pull out too. <laughs> How about Iran? How about Turkey? How about Sudan, who wants to, you know, uh, focus on Arabism? Arabism, okay. Arabism. Can, can you imagine them just collectively how about Erdogan in Turkey? This guy is an interesting guy, right? Can you imagine him, along with Putin, saying, you know what, uh, the U.S. is going to pull out of Syria. I think that's a good idea. I think we're going to pull out of Syria too. Everything's good now. Let's just all go home, have a Merry Christmas. They would never say that, <laughs> right? That's what I mean by unstoppable momentum. I think that it's set in motion, the die has been cast, and really it is just 
a matter of time. It is taking place so quickly, so quickly. You know, it's interesting because we get people from all over the world that thank us for doing these prophecy updates and uploading them to YouTube and putting them on social media. And actually, it was in Israel. I was uh, a little taken back because there was uh, several people that said, please never stop doing these prophecy updates. They would also say, please don't ever stop presenting the gospel, and please never stop doing the ABCs of salvation. So I was inquiring of the Lord concerning this, and here's what the Lord ministered to me. Every time we end a prophecy update with the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ and the ABCs of salvation, it encourages, even emboldens people to share the gospel. And sometimes what people will do is, because they know that they can expect it, they could actually have someone watching, knowing that the gospel is going to be shared and the ABCs of salvation presented to how to be saved. And what's happening is God is using it and people are getting saved. And what is exciting to me personally is that people are asking the right questions and it's up to us to give them the answer of that hope that lies within us, that blessed hope of the soon return of Jesus Christ. One last thing, and then I want to end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. On the Israel trip, I was so privileged to really get to spend some time with people and get to know them and hear their stories and their their struggles and their trials. And oh my goodness, it was just so heartbreaking. And at that time, the Lord had really just kind of encouraged me, and I wanted to encourage them because I know that I'm on the receiving end of, you know, difficulty and struggles and trials as well. And one of the things that God has really impressed upon my heart is that no matter how difficult it is, And no matter how hard it gets, God will get us through until that time when the trumpet sounds. In other words, when you're going through a really difficult, painful experience, it's just you you want the Lord to come back. I mean, that's your hope. That's what keeps you hanging on. I was listening to a really good teaching on Psalm 23 about, you know, David walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And I had never heard it taught this way. So, you know, for those of us, uh, for those of you who have been to Israel, when we go to En Gedi, where David uh, was and where he was a shepherd, and, you know, they have the tall, uh, you know, uh, hills, and sometimes when the sun would get behind the hills. It would cast a shadow there in the valley between 
these two rock, you know, hills and mountains. And so what David was referring to was that uh, when you're in that shadow as a sheep, the sheep think that if they're in a shadow that it's night. And sheep are the most terrified at night. And so they're so insecure in this shadow. And this is what David is referring to, that though I walk through that shadow where <laughs> I feel so threatened, so vulnerable, so insecure, because that's when the, the wolves come out is at night, and that's why the sheep feel so uh, vulnerable and so scared. This is David saying, you know, there are times in our lives when we're in that shadow, and we become fearful. God is going to get you through that valley of the shadow of death when it seems like death is certain and imminent, that this is how it ends. God is going to get you through. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread. <laughs> I mean, what I'm going through right now is just, I don't see any way out of this valley. God's going to get you through. God is going to give you what you need in order to get through that trial you're in, that valley you're in. He promises He will, and He cannot break that promise. He's given you His Word that He will. So that's the hope that we have. Well, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day. And the gospel is incomplete without the good news that He's coming back one day. I think it, this is what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. I think we do err greatly when we leave that out because that's why He came the first time. And is that not what we celebrate during Christmas? Is the birth of the Savior His first coming? Well, He's coming again. And He's going to take the church out of this world soon and very soon. And that is the good news amidst all the bad news. And the news is bad. It's really bad. Sometimes the, the news needs to be bad in order to propel us to the good news. Sometimes we have to be in that valley of the shadow of death to look to Him. Sometimes God will keep us in that place where we have that childlike dependence upon Him to experience Him in ways that we would never otherwise experience Him had we not gone through those valleys in our lives. Well, that's the gospel. And the ABCs of salvation is just a simple childlike explanation of how to respond to the gospel and how to be saved. The A is for admit that you're a sinner in need of the Savior, that you've sinned against God. You've fallen short of His perfect standard of righteousness. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned, all have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again 
to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it packages the bad news with the good news and the bad news first. For the wages of sin is death. This is the death penalty that is being pronounced on all because all have sinned. And the penalty for that sin is the death penalty. Now here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believing your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. You will be saved. And then the C is for call upon the name of the Lord. By the way, before I forget, out there in the foyer at the information center, uh, we have some uh, bookmarks and cards that you can take uh, free of charge. They are sent to us by online members. One of them was Oasis Church that sent us uh, these, uh, it was Oasis Church, right? These uh, bookmarks with the ABCs of salvation, something that you can, you know, give to somebody. And, you know, I, I do this every week, right? So you can learn from me. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it, right? So just do what I do and just simply explain it. Use the uh, verses in Romans and and share the gospel. And don't be ashamed and don't be bashful and don't be afraid don't fear what their response to you is going to be. All we have to do is broadcast the seed as the farmer, upon which soil that seed falls on, that's up to the Lord. The Holy Spirit takes it from there. Some of the seed is going to fall on the hard soil. Some of the seed is going to fall on supple soil, and it's going to germinate and sprout and bear much fruit. And by the way, sometimes you just plant the seed. Somebody else is going to come along and water it, and then somebody else will come along and harvest it. So you play your part in it. The seed is for call or confess with your mouth. This is what Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me just say in closing that, again, I, I need to, carefully say this so that you don't misunderstand me or think I'm being sensational. I really believe the Lord's coming back very soon. Anytime now. I mean really soon. I mean so soon that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to buy any green bananas. (laughs) I'll let you think about that for a moment. That's it. I'm kidding, of course, but I think you get the point. You know, it's a, it's a holding on loosely to the things of this world. It's loosening your grip on this world, not our home. And it's being ready and steady for when that trumpet sounds. I'll tell you, I wake up every day with the hope that today could be the day. I put my head on that pillow at night, and when I go to sleep, 
I do so with the hope that the next day could be the day. And it could. You understand, there is absolutely nothing that has to happen before the rapture happens. It can happen at any time. In the twinkling of an eye. And the dead in Christ rise first. I can't wait just for that. (laughs) And then we who are alive, we get our new bodies. That alone. (laughs) The, The new body. That alone. I've already put in my order for my glorified body. <laughs> Some things I want this time around, like hair that lasts for all eternity <laughs> and things like that. But we get our new glorified body and we're going to be with the Lord for all eternity. Oh, the glory that awaits. One last thing. I know I said that three last things ago, but one last thing. So I was thinking today about when Paul said that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. And I was thinking about that word worthy. It it, kind of has this idea of it will be worth it. In other words, it's going to be worth whatever you have gone through in this life when you're in glory. You think about all the struggles, all the pain, all the difficulty, but it's, like Paul says, a a momentary light affliction. (laughs) And if anybody could say that and get away with it, it was the Apostle Paul. A momentary light affliction, everything he went through. Now now just think about how how disproportionate this life is to eternity. Think of it in this term. So let's say we live to be Three score and ten, 70 years old, okay? That's, that's, I don't want 70, let's go 80. 70 is a little bit uh, too close now, so let's go 80. 80 years, hard years. I mean, you, you were blessed, God blessed your life, and, you know, there were so many, you know, good things about your life, but man, there's one thing that could be said about your life. It was, it was hard. You, you suffered greatly. In, in many times in your life. 80 years, okay? Now, compare that to eternity. And let's just try to bring it into terms of years. So you got 80 years, and the first 80 billion with a B years in eternity. In perfection. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering perfection and glory for all eternity in the first 80 billion years compared to the 80, 80 period years in this life. Doesn't that kind of put it into perspective? That's what Paul was saying. When he, when he said that it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. Now, when you add to that the reality that that glory could be sooner than you think, I'm good. That settles my heart. That settles my heart. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.